Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Mean O-Line Media presents Business of the Beat. Hi, I'm Kendra Bracken-Ferguson, and I am a founder, brand builder, entrepreneur, and believe in the mantra, Carpe Diem. I created this podcast, Business of the Beat, through my own experience as a beauty executive to talk about, tell stories, and highlight the business of beauty through conversations with beauty and wellness entrepreneurs, intrapreneurs, helping to diversify the industry. This week on Business of the Beat. You know, I think it goes back to the mission and the purpose of your brand and kind of using that as the starting point, right? That's where everything is going to grow from. You know, what is that mission and who is that person that you're trying to reach? Um, What is the story you're trying to tell and who is your audience? Hi, everyone. I'm your host, Kendra Bracken-Ferguson, and welcome to Business of the Beat. Today's guest is Leah Freeman-Haskin, founder and curator of Black Oceans. But before we get started, don't forget to follow, rate, and subscribe to Business of the Beat on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. You don't want to miss an episode, and we'd love to hear from you. Your ratings and reviews mean so much. So make sure to follow and subscribe. All right, everyone. Leah is a writer, marketing strategist, and founder of Black Oceans. Black Oceans is a website and community that inspires readers to celebrate Black founders and discover and explore Black-owned brands in fashion, lifestyle, beauty, and kids. Since beginning her career, Leah has worked with innovative media and technology companies, including Maxim, Boston Magazines, E! News, Blavity, Shazam, YPO, Riot, Verizon Media, and many more. Today, her passion lies in growing Black oceans and creating a platform that celebrates and uplifts Black founders. Leah, welcome to Business of the Beat. I am so happy to have you on the show today. Thank you so much. It is such an honor to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm very excited to chat with you. Well, we have so much to chat about, and it's so funny because... Literally this week, I was talking to one of my girlfriends, um, a black woman who's a senior executive at a public company about getting away and a retreat. Mm. And we were like, oh, my goodness, we have we want to go to a spa. We laid it out. It was like yoga, meditation, all these things. And so I started Googling and I saw in 2019 in Travel Noir, you wrote an article and it said, sometimes we just need to be surrounded by people who can relate to our experience on a deep level. And I sent it to her and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm talking to her today. But talk about that as it relates to your own personal journey, especially your transition into launching Black Oceans. Yeah. So, you know, I I will say growing up, I, I really grew up in predominantly white spaces. Um, so uh, the town I grew up in, um, the schools that I went to, uh, were predominantly, you know, white spaces. And it was always very important for me to create a community 
um, of black women that kind of supported each other and uplifted each other. And we could laugh and we could cry together and we could, you know, talk about our experiences. Mm -hmm. And I think about particularly my high school, my group of um, black girlfriends who are still, you know, my best friends to this day. I don't know if we would have survived that experience, you know, without each other and the support of each other. Um, so, Yes, I, I that statement just rings very true to, to myself and to my experience. Um, and with Black Oceans, you know, Black Oceans started um, completely as a passion project. I really had very little expectations. Um, I didn't know what was going to happen with it. Um, I just knew I needed a space that uplifted um, Black founders and Black creators. Um, so I started it in 2020, and that was, it was, you know, right after the George Floyd murder, right at the height of the pandemic, where we were seeing, you know, Black, small Black-owned businesses closing at an exponential rate. Um, and I just, like so many of us, I was just so heartbroken by all the headlines, um, and I wanted to change that narrative. I wanted to create a space that was uplifting, um, that was celebrating the Black community and kind of the accomplishments yes. within the Black community. So that's what Black Oceans kind of was born out of. Again, I had no expectations. I was like, you know, I know my mom is going to read it. <laughs> <laughs> we can always count. Moms are always the first click. Right, first exactly. Click, I was like, at like, least I got share. that. Um, you know, maybe a couple of my friends will read it. But then, you know, the outpouring of support from the community was just, you know, it was so breathtaking. Um, and it's really been what's motivated me to keep going and to continue to pursue this day in and day out. So, um, yes, for me, those spaces are so important um, and and necessary, really, for, for our survival. Oh, it is. It's funny when we equate it to necessary for our survival, because it truly is. And even as you were telling your story about growing up, um, I went to a middle school and there were two black men and three or yeah, two black, two black kids, I guess I'd say boys at the time. Um, and then there were three of us, three women. And it is you think about it. And I think about different moments of growing up and being the only one and translating that into adulthood. Mm -hmm. And on one side, because of that experience, we know how to code switch. Yes. We know how to navigate. Yes. And then I think about the trauma that was caused or that we are um, recovering from having to code switch, mm -hmm. having to be in the spaces, mm -hmm. and now being able to make a choice about creating environments where we can see each other and we can be celebrated. And I, I love that. And you, as you think about, you know, 2020 Black Oceans and what you created, it was really the evolution because you're a writer, you're a creative, you're a marketer. So how did you kind of go from growing up being a creative or writer? Like what was that space in between 2020 and Black Oceans that really kind of developed you into having the confidence, the ability and the skill to say, I'm going to create a new platform? Ooh, um, you know, it's funny. So I've, <laughs> it's, a, it's a loaded question. So I've been a writer my whole life. I studied English and studio art at Boston College. I grew up in a very artistic family. My father is a painter. And you know, I think starting out, like right after college, I was scared to pursue that passion. You know, I feel, felt like I had to get that nine to five desk job that looked great on my resume um, and that would, you know, impress people back home. And I feel like I followed that path for a long time um, and I have no regrets in following that path. But what ended up happening is I kind of I kind of hopped around. 
a lot um, because I think I was trying to find that fit. Um, so like you said, I did marketing, I did PR, I did um, account management, ad sales. Um, I, I hopped around a lot. Um, and always on the side, though, I made sure I had kind of that creative side hustle that really fulfilled me. But I was always too nervous to pursue that full time and make that kind of my full time thing. And then it was funny because, you know, I, I was kind of criticized for hopping around so much in my career. But then when it came to Black Oceans, I realized that all of that experience was so necessary in creating Black Oceans. And I just think back to the marketing experience I had, the PR experience, the social media, the ad sales, um, and then obviously the writing experience, the graphic design, the web design, the photography, all this stuff that I had done, you know, my whole life and was kind of criticized for always bouncing around and not being focused really turned out to be a strength. And it really turned out to be kind of all the tools and all the pieces I needed to create Black Oceans. Um, so since 2020, I've been a team of one. It's really just been me. Recently, last month, I hired my first part-time writer, which was very exciting. Um, but <laughs> congratulations. <laughs> but, you know, up until that point, I've been doing everything. Um, and if it, if it hadn't been from all of that experience that I had previously um, and kind of hopping around and trying out all these different things, um, I don't think Black Oceans could have been as successful as it's been. So it's been really rewarding. You know, it's nice to see how all that experience has really translated so well into something I'm so passionate about and I love doing every day. Uh, you know, it's so it's a wonderful feeling when we can translate passion into profit or into a business that we love and want to wake up mm -hmm. for. And there's something interesting when you talk about all of, you know, all of your experiences led to all the tools that you needed to really be a solopreneur. You know, I've had similar experiences and people are like, you're doing this, you're doing that. I can't keep up. And when I launched Brain Trust Founder Studio, different from Brain Trust, my agency seven years ago, when I launched Brain Trust Founder Studio, I felt the same way, that it was really this culmination of my career, of all of my experiences, kind of being an entrepreneur in an agency, an entrepreneur at a company, global company, an entrepreneur, and being able to take that and say, oh my goodness, if I think about every skill set I had, I can see the direct correlation into what I'm doing and what I'm passionate about. And it's hard because when you're going through it, you don't know. But then when you get to the other side and you can take a moment to reflect, you see the pieces starting to form. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, I lived in Los Angeles for 10 years um, and I had my son out there. Uh, my husband, the three of us were out there. After 10 years in Los Angeles, we were so burnt out. Um, we needed a break and we actually moved to Costa Rica for six months. Um, and it was kind of there where I had this, it's so funny, um, Michaela Cole, remember when she won the Emmy and she said, sometimes you just need to disappear. Yes. And that like, oh my gosh, yes. that, it, that's exactly what I needed. It was like, I needed to just go to Costa Rica for six months and disappear. Um, and during that time is when I just dove into my writing and I was like, okay, I'm going to commit myself to, you know, writing full time because this is what I love to do. Um, and it was during that time I actually wrote a children's picture book manuscript that's going to be published in 2023. Um, you know, wow. I've been dabbling in screenwriting screen and I kind of made this commitment to myself to write more. Um, so then when we came back to the States, it was like, OK, I've made this commitment to myself. How do I stay true to it? 
um, now that I'm in this new environment, now that I'm in this, you know, kind of back in this really hectic, um, distracting environment. Um, and, you know, Black Oceans has been that for me. It's been the opportunity to continue to write every day and, and do what I'm passionate about and design and support creatives. And um, yeah, it's been it's been wonderful. And when you have that moment of self-actualization where you can say as a family unit, like we need a break, mm-hmm. <laughs> let's, let's get out of here, let's figure it out. But then there's also this courage to say, I'm gonna write full time. And we have so many people say like, how do I take that leap? What does that leap of faith look like? And so what, what kind of advice do you have for people? Because you clearly had to give something up to get this ability to write every day. So what kind of advice can you give to people who are trying to figure out like, what is my every day? And if I'm in something, how do I leave that so that I can make room for what my every day will be? Are there any thoughts on that or tips to share? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, I mean, I think it's certainly comes down to just believing in yourself. I feel like as artists, there's so much self-doubt. Um, and I, I, that it's so much easier said than done, obviously. Um, but, you know, I do think that inner work is so important. Um, trying to remove that self-doubt or at least having the confidence in yourself to know that you can pursue what you're passionate about and be successful. The other thing is, you know, I would really say leaning on your community and finding mentors, people that have done it you know, and being able to talk to them about their experiences. And I have such a wonderful tribe of Black women who just uplift each other and who are, you know, trying to do their best every single day and show up every single day. And, you know, just recently I called on one of my best friends because I had a question about, you know, Black oceans and revenue, which is not necessarily my wheelhouse, but it's her expertise. Um, And I have another friend who lives abroad and is a writer. And I, you know, we, we, talk frequently about that experience of trying to write full time. Um, so I would say, yeah, lean on your, lean on your community, lean on your network and, and just have that confidence in yourself that you can make it work. Well, and the network effect is real and community is mm-hmm. real. And one of the things, you know, we talk about is going through kind of your sphere of community. And to your point, having a question about the business and the finance, you're the creative, you're the artist and being able to kind of at your kind of at your fingertips say, this is the community I've built. Everyone's here to help and support me. I'm here to help and support them. And then understanding how to put that community to work mm-hmm. <laughs> is hard because as founders, we're, we're working so hard on all the pieces that we don't always activate and unlock our community when we need them. And so I love how you talk about, I needed somebody for finance. And so I called her and she helped me figure that piece mm-hmm. out. And I think that that also, you know, when we think about community and we think about Black Oceans, I love the notion that you've kind of broken it into four categories. So you talk about fashion, lifestyle, beauty, and kids, and it's all still rooted in Black-owned brands, Black-owned founders, Black-owned businesses. Mm -hmm. But how did you create this connection between those four categories of fashion, lifestyle, beauty, and kids? Was it natural for you? what was kind of the nucleus that said, these are the four pillars of where this community is going to exist? Yeah, I think it was completely selfish. <laughs> to be honest, it was like, those are the things I'm interested in. So that's what I'm going to write about. <laughs> um, yeah, I 
I'm a mother, so you know, having a kids category was super important, and I find that that's actually the category that that is kind of the toughest um, when it comes to Black-owned brands. So it was important for me to highlight that because I feel like when it comes to the other categories, um, that's that's really a category that I found has the fewest um, Black-owned brands. Um, but yeah, it was it was pretty much a little selfish in that those were the things that I wanted to write about. I also knew that when people come to Black Oceans, I want to make sure that they can learn about a brand and then immediately purchase something from that brand. Um, and so it was important that all the brands that I feature have um, an online presence. Um, you know, we have readers from all around the world. So I want to make sure, you know, anyone from anywhere in the world can access these brands, support them with their dollar, um, and become kind of like a loyal customer, right? So that was also certainly taken into consideration when considering the categories. You know, these categories, people can, you know, easily shop for fashion, easily shop for beauty products, lifestyle, um, and then kids products. Um, so that's kind of where that came from. Um, you know, I've gotten a lot of questions from people who offer services, which we don't necessarily feature right now. So, you know, local barbershops, salons, lawyers, um, even restaurants. Um, so still trying to figure out how um, to feature those businesses. Um, we do have a Black-owned directory, which I launched about a year ago. Um, and that's kind of my answer to that. So that's really open to all categories. So if you're, you know, a local makeup artist um, or you have a local small business that maybe, you know, someone out of state can't access, that's really the, the platform and the area that you can showcase your business. Um, so that kind of became my answer to that because I was getting a lot of inquiries from people that had brands outside of those categories. I know that um, our team signed up for the directory as well for our brain trust Amazing. agency. So hopefully we'll get approved and we'll be in the Absolutely. directory. Thank you. Um, but it is, it's, it's important because I think about um, when I was going through and even the kids category, like it is a hard category to navigate, but I love, first of all, Black Oceans is beautiful. It's so beautiful. The content is so well done. I love the swimsuit feature because I'm always like, where, where do I get my good mm -hmm. swimsuits? But it is important because those are those categories are truly the categories of our personal lifestyle, of our personal brand. We wear things, we eat things, we put things on our face. And it really does culturally make up kind of how we exist in the world. And I want to talk about the name Black mm -hmm. Oceans because I know the Black Oceans comes from the Maya Angelou poem, Still I Rise. I'm a Black Ocean, leaping and wide, welling and swelling, I bear in the tide. Mm -hmm. So even though her vision is impaired through the Blackness, she is rising above it. And it also shows that she is a tide washing over all of her pain and sorrows. Mm -hmm. So Black Oceans has such a deep meaning. Talk about why that was so important to you, how it connects with representation. And even as we opened up this conversation about being able to identify with someone, but talk about that and, and how it spoke to you to create the platform. Yeah. So the, the title for Black Oceans, it kind of came to me quickly. Um, like I said, I'm a writer. I'm a fan of Maya Angelou's work. Um, and that poem has always resonated with me. So when I found that kind of that verse in that poem, that Black Oceans, first of all, 
the image of a black ocean was like very powerful to me. I'm a water person. I'm a Pisces. I grew up, you know, my father's a sailor. I grew up on the ocean. So just, just the visual of like a black ocean, like just really resonated with me deeply. And then I just love the idea of, you know, all of these black founders on my website are black oceans in the sense that they're continuing to rise despite, you know, all of the challenges that black founders face. Um, and so Black Oceans kind of has become like my ode to Black founders and Black creators um, and just, you know, uplifting them and celebrating the fact that they are continuing to rise and they are continuing to create um, despite, you know, all of the obstacles and challenges that we really face daily. So, yeah, that's where that's where the title comes from. Um, is It was deeply personal, but I think it also resonates for a lot of people. Oh, my goodness. It, I completely agree. And it gives you such an emotional connectivity and understanding of what you're trying to and what you have created. You know, there's such a deep meaning with words. And when you think of, wor of words through the lens of intentionality and how that connects to you and how you want to show up in the world and how you want people to recognize you and celebrate you, there's so much meaning in the name. Mm -hmm. And it just it gives me goosebumps because when you think about that, and how important it is and the complete, it's like you see it and you're automatically feel connected. You know what you're coming mm -hmm. for. And then when you get to the site and you see the content and you see our people, it is just, it's so inspiring. Yeah. And talk about, you know, for those people that are going to the site that say they wish they could be featured, what's, what's the criteria and what do you look for, especially because so much was coming from you mm -hmm. and now you have an additional writer who's also looking at the lens of curation. Yeah, so aesthetically, like obviously I'm a very visual person. So again, the idea of the black ocean, like it just, once I had the name, it, in terms of the branding and what the website was gonna look like, like it just all flowed very quickly. Um, so like the black background and making sure I have like beautiful black faces and black bodies on the homepage, um, all of that just came very quickly. And um, it's the aesthetics of it is very important to me. Like I mentioned before, some of the criteria, you know, you ideally it's a, it's a brand that is shoppable online. Um, that's kind of the first criteria, um, a brand that falls within those four categories that we talked about, fashion, beauty, lifestyle, and kids. Um, and then I'm also just looking at the aesthetics of the brand. Um, you know, I'm looking at the imagery, the marketing, the social media platforms, the Instagram. Um, the images on the website are mostly from the brand. Sometimes I pull stock photos, but those aren't my images. So they're all from the brand. So I, I really want to make sure that that aesthetic really matches the Black Ocean aesthetic. Um, so I have, you know, I'm reaching out to brands all the time. I usually find most of the brands on Instagram. Um, my writers is also kind of sending me suggestions. Um, and then I have brands that reach out to me. And if it's not a good fit, I usually send, kind of direct them to the black owned directory as an option. Um, but for the most part, you know, it's rare that I would pass up a brand. Um, we do a lot of listicles now. So, you know, like you mentioned the top bathing suits, um, we have a top mm -hmm. bridal. Uh, article on the homepage now. So, you know, oh, beautiful, it, right? Beautiful, gorgeous. <laughs> um, so, you know, if, if 
I don't necessarily feel like it's enough for a feature, we would certainly include, you know, the brand in one of our listicles. Um, it's it's uh, it's an inclusive community. We want to celebrate everyone. So it's, it's really rare that we would say no to someone. Um, yeah. And then when it comes to the Instagram page, too, it, that goes back to aesthetics. Like it has a very, very specific design um, on the Instagram page um, that I've kind of updated recently. But the idea of kind of that black ocean um, just is kind of the through line through all of the branding and all of the imagery. You are such an excellent example of here's the mission and purpose of my brand. Here's how I bring it to life aesthetically. And here's how I make it inclusive for my audience, even connecting the pieces between the website and social. So a lot of our, our founders and entrepreneurs, they talk about the marketing and they talk about like, how do we find that connectivity with our consumer while still maintaining what we want it to look mm -hmm. like? So what can you kind of share or tips like as you're thinking about building your brand, you had your you said you had your name. And so everything kind of fell from there. How can an entrepreneur kind of figure out their brand identity story and then connect it creatively and visually, even if they're not a trained creative or even if they don't necessarily, they don't have as much experience doing that. Like what are just a few things that they can think about as they create that brand identity and aesthetic? Um, you know, I think it goes back to the mission and the purpose of your brand and kind of using that as the starting point, right? That's where everything is gonna grow from. You know, what is that mission and who is that person that you're trying to reach? Um, what is the story you're trying to tell and who is your audience? Um, those are probably, you know, the two starting points I would suggest to get started with. Again, I'm a very visual person. So like when I think of mission and audience, I almost see that visually more so than, you know, words on a page. But however, however, that resonates with you as a founder, obviously, is is different. But um, yeah, I would say everything kind of stems from that mission and, and what the purpose is and what's driving what's driving the brand. I it's it's so much fun being a founder, I have to say, um, because the best exercise is mission and purpose and aligning to your consumer and listening. Mm -hmm. You know, we can be an ocean of one, but to be an ocean of many, we really have to listen and we have to make sure that we bring that into our platform. And so even when you talk about how you started and then adding the directory, because so many small businesses wanted to connect with you and you wanted to continue to have an inclusive space, what do you see is the expansion of Black Oceans? Like, what do you see in terms of expanding? You're already global. Like, and if you think about, and I, I know we talk about, everyone used to say, what are your goals in the next three <laughs> to five years? And I feel like with everything we've been through, it's literally, what are what is your goal for this <laughs> month, for six months? We're going day by day. Um, <laughs> for the year. Yeah. But what, what, what are you, what does expansion look like Yeah. For you? So I, I guess about a year ago, I worked with a fantastic company that is um, one of my best friends who I mentioned earlier is one of the partners um, and co-founders. It's called Visible Hands. And they are a pre incubator um, for the BIPOC founders. Um, and so I was able to kind of go through their beta program. And that was, I mean, just incredible for me. But one of the things we did was kind of touch base with um, do focus groups. So we spoke to people who are frequent online shoppers who support black owned brands, and then also black founders, um, and just trying to figure out, you know, what they want. Because I feel like Black Oceans, we do have those two, we have two audiences. We have people that are going there to shop 
um, and to discover Black-owned brands. But then we also have Black-owned brands who want to be featured um, and want to kind of use Black Oceans as a marketing platform. Um, the directory is fantastic. I would love to get into video reviews. Um, it's just mm -hmm. a matter of uh, bandwidth right now. Um, but, you know, I would certainly love to get into video reviews. We're also looking to do partnerships. Um, I go back and forth okay. with creating a Black Oceans Marketplace, which I think makes so much sense. But again, it goes back to yeah. bandwidth and kind of the reality of what I as a team of one and a half right now can really handle. Um, and so partnering with, you know, I would love to partner with other marketplaces and provide editorial content um, for those other marketplaces that are highlighting black um, owned brands and black founders. Um, I think there's, there's, I see this happening more and more, but I think it's so powerful to be able to shop online for a product and then learn about the founder, learn about their story yes. and their creative inspiration. Um, and I think that really will incentivize people to make purchases and also to become loyal kind of lifelong customers because they've created this personal connection with the founder and with the brand. Um, so I'm really looking forward to kind of partnering with other marketplaces and providing that editorial content, which I feel like is kind of that missing piece for um, a really uh, kind of 360 online shopping experience, right? Like a holistic online shopping experience. Um, so yeah, hopefully more to come with that. We're all, we're all always trying to diversify our content, um, and just provide, um, you know, stories that are resonating with our audience and, you know, championing and celebrating black founders every day. That's what we do. That's what we love to do. So we're, we're open uh, to partnerships and we're open to, um, you know, featuring more brands. Oh my goodness. I love that. It's so much fun because when you think about the opportunity and what's happening in this space and it, at the end of the day, it's about champion black yes. founders, like, and how do we do that in community? How do we do that together? There is room and space for everyone and to celebrate and to support and to create connectivity. Mm -hmm. So I have some, we'll do some, um, some offlining about that, but I have some ideas <laughs> for you. Yes, And it's great because like you said, we're seeing so much more of it. I mean this, and I'm hoping yes. it's not just a trend because I, I feel like part of it is just a trend for a lot of these media outlets. And that's, that's a given and it'll, It'll come and go. But, you know, the ones that are really committed to supporting Black founders and Black creatives are going to stick around. And we're seeing more and more of it. We're seeing Black-owned marketplaces pop up. We're seeing yes. much more content around, you know, Black founders. And 15% um, Pledge is doing amazing things in terms of getting, you know, uh, Black brands on shelves and major retailers. So, you know, there, there are a lot of people out there that are, that are doing the work. And it's great to see. Oh, it, it really is. It was, uh, it was at the 15% uh, pledge gala. Oh. And oh my goodness, just the energy, like the, it was at the New York Public Library and just seeing that space filled with us and in celebration and in support and so many allies in the room really committed to moving this beyond a trend because we know that black women, black people over-index in culture, in shopping and yes. consumerism and trends and all the pieces. And so being able to be recognized and really owning that influence and being compensated for it um, through the lens of the value that we're bringing, especially in the evolution of culture. Mm -hmm. So 
I'm, I'm so thankful for what you're doing and how you're doing it. And there's plenty of room. I'm excited to see the growth. Thank you. And I do want to switch and pivot a bit and talk about um, this notion of balance and supporting yourself and making sure that you have time for yourself. Because I love, I really do love this we're going to leave. We're going to go to Costa Rica. We're going to recenter ourselves. I know your husband is a holistic mm-hmm. coach. So how do you kind of find whatever balance Ooh. means, but <laughs> wife, mom, business owner, you know, what does it look like for oh, you? How do you man. center yourself? You, you're asking on a tough day. My eight month old is teething right now. So I haven't slept. <laughs> so I haven't slept in a few nights. You're like, on any given Ooh. day. Yeah, so I have a seven-year-old. I have an eight-month-old. Um, a husband, like you mentioned, it's it's a lot, and I know I'm not alone in that. I know there are, you know, a lot of women that can relate. But like you said, my my husband is so supportive, and I'm so grateful for that. And I have such a supportive community around me. Um, my husband, he's a personal trainer and holistic life coach, so he puts me in check a lot which I can appreciate, <laughs> you know, he, he, I saw there was an Instagram story and he was doing, um, upper body and he's like, Oh, and I'm going to have my wife do upper body too. I'm like, okay, wife, come through with the upper body with your husband. <laughs> right. And I feel like, you know, like when we first started dating, it was like, you know, you, you, you get like a little, you know, someone telling you what to do and like when to work out and all that. But, you know, at this point, you know, we've been together for, oh gosh, I don't know, 15 years now that it's I know it's out of love. And I know, you know, he tells me when, you know, it's time to it's time to take a break. It's time to have your you time. Um, so that's really important. Right now, it is hard just to find 30 minutes, you know, to myself. But it's so important. I, I used to love doing like, you know, strength training workouts and running and it just wasn't serving me anymore because I felt like my nervous system was so tapped. I'm so, you know, just stressed and doing so many things. And when I became pregnant, it was harder to kind of do those intense workouts. And I found that walking was like, oh my goodness, it was everything. It was so meditative. It was so relaxing. And so now I just walk a lot. <laughs> and that really has become like my me time. And, you know, sometimes I'll push the stroller with the baby, but sometimes I just, you know, go out by myself. And I, I, I feel like, you know, at, at 38, I would be like, you know, five years ago, I'd be like, walking is for old people. But it's amazing. It's been like, you know, it's been my therapy. It's been my meditation. It's been um, it's been great for me. And so I think just making time for that, even if it is 20 or 30 minutes a day um, and reminding myself that like honoring where I am at that day is so important, too, because, you know, it's like there's all this pressure to, you know, work out and do all these things. But like some days you just need to lay down and take a nap, you know. <laughs> and that's okay. Yes, yes. That's okay. That's what you need in that moment. That's what you need in that day. And and it's important to kind of honor that um, and not beat yourself up about it if you just need to lay down for 20 minutes. Um, and yes. so I, it, like you said, I take it day by day. I really do. And it's, it's just about kind of what I need in that day and what's going to serve me best in that day. Whether it's, you know, going on a lunch date with my seven-year-old son, sometimes that's what I need to fill myself <laughs> up. Um, it, you know, it really varies day to day, but I do make sure that I try to make time for it as often as I can. Some days are impossible, but I really do try, try to do it as much as I can. 
That's it. It's it's so funny. Like just the trying to do it. And, and I know I keep talking about self-actualization, but I just think that that's where we have to live instead of making self-care be such this big, big thing. Mm-hmm. Like we have to, to your point, take the moments to take a nap. And my daughter always says like, I did my best. <laughs> and I'm like, that's all we can do Thank you. every day is do our best. And Walking is, you know, that was one of the beautiful things during the pandemic. I just, I walked so much to just get out because there was nowhere to go. And even if I had to take Zooms and meetings, I would just say like, I'm out for a walk. Mm-hmm. Um, and figuring out those times, like if you can't do the workout, like what can you do to make sure that you're okay? And it may just be a deep mm-hmm. breath. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I am just, I'm so happy that we've had this time together. I, I have such a peacefulness and such a calm um, talking to you that you bring. And I'm so excited for Black Oceans to be part of the directory, to just follow you on this journey. And um, as we close out, we always like to highlight one brand that you're excited about. And I know that your whole being is focused on supporting brands, but pick one or two that we should go and check out. Um. Okay, one brand that we should check out. I have to, I'm in the 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 uh, black owned bridal fashion brand right now. I just we just launched that article, and there's one called Valentine Avo. I hope I'm pronouncing that right, but it's on the website. Mm, yes. um, and I I wasn't even familiar with this. This was a piece that my writer did, so I wasn't even familiar with a lot of these brands. But the dresses are phenomenal. They're gorgeous. Beautiful. They are gorgeous. Oh. And I mean, I could go through the entire list, but I'll say Valentina Vo was one of my favorites. And then there was another one. Um, let's see, what was it was? It's the one that's featured. Oh, goodness. I'm going to mess up the name. Dilelli, the ceremony. Um, a lot of ruffles, okay. very romantic, just beautiful. If you yes. go on the website, it's on the homepage and you can kind of see all the brands. But um, yeah, it, it was. it's so great to see um, black brands in categories that, you know, I, it's not something that I would research because I'm not necessarily in that market. Um, but just seeing Mm -hmm. that learning about so many black owned brands in these different categories is really, really exciting and fun. So, yeah. It's so exciting. And it is, it's also like, I, I kind of make the parallel (laughs) to sports, Mm. you know, black people can only do this one sport or black people are only good at this sport. And yet we're in every sport and every category and we're everywhere. And I love that when we think about fashion and beauty and all these spaces and health and wellness, like we are everywhere because we're people. Mm -hmm. And as people, we get married, we need a wedding gowns, we need all the same things that other people need. And you're right. It's just, it's so beautiful to see the breadth and depth of black talent in all of these categories and being recognized and touching every segment. And I have to say, I'm not in the market for a wedding dress, but I was like, I want those ruffles and I'm going to wear it wherever I go. And you can tell me that it's not that I can't do that because they're just beautiful and they just make you feel so good. Yeah. And it's also, I think people, for some reason, I I feel like it's a common notion that black owned brands are just for black people. And that's not the case. Black owned brands are for everyone. Black oceans is for everyone. You know, it's not exclusive in that way. You know, yes. and I think that's important to to make note of that. Oh, I love that. Black owned brands are yes. for everyone. Black oceans <laughs> is for everyone. Yes. So I am energetically 
invigorated by our conversation. I am so thankful that you shared with us that you created Black Oceans as a space for celebrating and uplifting Black founders. This has been so much fun. I really appreciate it. And I'm so grateful that you uh, invited me. This has been this has been fun. And as always, thank you, Leah. I like to share an influencer I'm checking out. And today, let's all follow Odalyn The Ceremony. Odalyn The Ceremony on Instagram. And we like to close the show with one thing from today's guest. And that is to always remember to take it day by day and find those little moments where you can have time and peace to yourself and remind yourself to be where you are that day, to accept it and to do the best that you can. So follow, rate, and subscribe to Business of the Beat on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. You don't want to miss an episode and we love to hear from you. Five-star ratings and reviews. Until next week. Business of the Beat is hosted by Kendra Bracken-Ferguson, assistant producer Jenny Salk, associate producer Ariel Mancibo, executive producer Kendra Bracken-Ferguson, edited by Fishmar Creative, executive producer Ken Johnson. Find the Business of the Beat podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Odyssey, Amazon Music, or where you get your podcast, And on IG at Business of the Beat. Business of the Beat is a mean old line media production. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply.